1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: hello everybody and welcome to ramble reacts england end the calendar year unbeaten and italy squeezed through against ukraine i'm marcus Speller, and i'm jim campbell Welcome, one and all, to another Ramble Reacts after a barn-burning England game. My goodness, we <laughs> are oh, Jim Campbell. Eight have you caught your breath? one on aggregate <laughs> have I caught
3: my breath. My breath is all over the shop. It's all over the room. I've I'm, I'm got breath nets to catch it. It's just, what, what a game. What an end to the campaign.
2: France, don't even bother. Don't yeah, even bother I, turning up. People are going to complain that it was a bad end to the campaign. Might I say that it was a really good start and middle to the campaign, which is why they didn't need a strong end to the campaign.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, they're putting the feet up a little bit, aren't they? They're resting in the
3: middle of a domestic season. It was fine. It was what we got, so mm. it's going to have to do. Um, it's a shame, isn't it? Because it was a lineup full of quite exciting players, but... It's yet another reminder that football is not played on paper. It's played on quite bad grass in some in some circumstances.
2: Yeah, it, it, look, at all sort of jokes aside. Um, you know, England did beat North Macedonia eight-one on aggregate, of course, um, if you take both matches into account. But uh, no, it wasn't England. It wasn't a good performance for England. Like, like, no, sorry about the bollocks. We know that. Um, but one man who did have a good game, uh, Jim Campbell, was the referee. <laughs> He had a good run around, sure. Uh, he, he got his steps in.
3: If, if there's one thing you was... say about that referee, he got his steps in. Good <laughs> That's Lord. how it came across to me. <laughs> <It> was just... <laughs> he was just like, yeah. It's one of those things where when a commentator is going in quite hard on a refereeing performance, as Dion Dublin was, it's tempting to think, oh, are they Oat kind of being a bit you know, over the top here? But absolutely not. He was dreadful.
2: Absolutely dreadful. Yeah, the, the, the big talking point in the first half, of course, was the penalty. Against the impressive Rico Lewis, Jim Campbell. Did you think it was
3: a penalty? No, I don't think it was a penalty in a million years. I do think that the Harry Maguire was a little bit lucky to get away with what looked definitely more of a penalty yeah. about five yeah. ten minutes before that, for sure. So maybe he was evening it out, um, as you're not meant to do. Um, <laughs> just there were a lot of really quite odd decisions, but yeah, we sort of, I suppose, it evened out. You know, mm. as, as as I just referenced there... Um, but you can't but have s- the argument
2: about evening out because... No, no, no. It's checked by VAR, so you can't... The, in, unless they do, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a Luis Diaz at Spurs situation where they go, ooh, actually, since you've restarted it, we've looked at it loads more times and it probably was a penalty. That's yeah. the only way, which which it clearly is not how, uh, how it goes down,
3: so... The idea it of took even forever it on the offside goal, which was so oh. clearly offside from the first replay as well. Yeah. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in, how, in sort of VAR and stuff like that. The, the penalty wasn't a penalty. The non-penalty probably was a penalty. Yep. Um. You can't you can't score rebounds in a shootout, so that's big from Jordan Pickford yep. as well. Yep. So I think that's another message sent
2: to Europe yes. um, from <laughs> from <laughs> North Macedonia tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the message is that. That that our country have been sending to Europe recently haven't been particularly positive. It's not been or, ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's um something a little bit more positive. But but mm. you know ultimately uh, it ended in the back of the net. Um. But 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 Rico Lewis though, despite that bad decision against him, he looked the part, didn't he? He, he did. Looked, he didn't look phased at all. I think. I think when you, when you when you're the, when you're, a, you're an international manager, it, it's kind of like a trial, really. For for some of these players, mm. it kind of is and it isn't. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a very very young man. He's got the the, the world at his feet. Um, he'll you know, if all things well, he he should go on to have a very very good career. Uh, Guardiola loves him, of course. You can see why. But when you're the when you're an international manager, you, you are looking for things. Of course, you are you look for good performance and all, on all the all the usuals. But you're looking for the body language. You're looking for yes, all of those players have got quality. So you, so you you, know it's there but can they give you that quality in a very short space of time you know you don't have a full season to work with these players um, what's the body language like what's the confidence like and so on Enrico Lewis looked like he just thought right I'm just going to play like I have been doing all the way throughout the Man City Academy the, the minutes he's got for Manchester City where he's, he's done well and he just translated that straight on onto the pitch for England so that, he looks one that who knows jim could stake a claim for the, for the euros next summer absolutely
3: i mean it given the circumstances you know with with left back being a bit of a problem position at the moment it would be it would be very silly to not have a look at him As, you know uh, he is a, clearly a very very good talent and this is an opportunity to to bed him into the the team um without any friction so i think he he passed the audition the penalty you can discount because it's mm-hmm. just nonsense it's really really silly he didn't let it get to him he also spent a lot of the time uh, essentially inverting. You know, he spent a lot of time in, in, hmm. in the midfield and quite high up the pitch at points when we were planning it's a very sort of packed defence, which is ideal because you get the extra man in there, even though it wasn't particularly effective. But that, again, isn't isn't his fault, is it? I think, yeah, he, he passed his audition, really, with, with flying colours and he, he is the story, essentially, of what was otherwise a, a pretty forgettable night. Although I will say, hmm. you know, it's, there's a lot of negativity around England after performances like this. There always has been and realistically, there always will be. But... He, <sighs> Even in games like this where it's really stodgy and it's boring, it's not particularly entertain- entertaining, it's it's frustrating, the technical level of the players has raised so much that it's mm. it's still so much more enjoyable than it was, you yeah. know, maybe 15 years ago or, or t- 10 years ago, whatever, when when there was just nothing, where it was just sideways crab football when nothing happened. And it's even, <laughs> even, and even crab, this yeah. is better than that. So there's yeah. no, something you,
2: there. And it's it's rare for for England, for any side, quite frankly, but certainly for England, to go a calendar year unbeaten. Yeah. And I think, again, like you you, you earn the right, actually, to have performances like this. We don't want the, the performances that have been the last two games, of course. You want to be entertained. But, again, fans, especially when fans are so desperate for success, that such as England fans, and that's understandable because England have underachieved yeah. For so so long, you look at the resources England has as as a country, but more specifically in football, you know, the riches that the FA have are far yeah. greater. The than population it. as well, the population size, the tradition, the history, and the players that have that have been produced over the years. England are the, the passion, great under, the passion exactly, Jim. England are the great underachievers of of international football. You we used to sometimes bracket Spain in that, and it's fair to say they put that to bed quite <laughs> f- quite emphatically. That has been well and truly siested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. And they could live off that for, well, I don't know, a hundred years or whatever it is. <laughs> um, I, I, and so, so so, I understand that, that that England's so desperate. But again, I, we often say this, people have, have short memories. Now, that doesn't mean to say that the performance, therefore, wasn't that bad against Malta. Or therefore, oh, actually, England did play really well. I don't mean that at all. But away to North Macedonia, they are tricky games, this. The reason why... Um, People could get annoyed about that. Is yeah, it was a bit stodgy as you described Jim, but England thumped them seven 0 Yeah, before you, you know the the brilliance of the previous performance is almost kind of they're hoisted by their own um, petard. Petard basically. Yeah. Um. In 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 putting some of these performances and entertaining, despite people thinking that Gareth Southgate is very very conservative, and I think it's 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 difficult to end the year or the calendar you're on a high because it is in the club season if ending the sort of the the if you like that the school year <laughs> the football season on yes. a high with england was was done last time of course with with that win against north macedonia but don't forget that the previous year england were beaten 4-0 at home against Hungary Mm. and it looked that looked like things were going to get bad like it it did back then you'd be surprised to hear that Southgate was still here it was that bad yeah exactly I mean Southgate out was trending on on Twitter you know but But, I mean it is a cesspit so I don't really want to a lot of those are bots right (laughs) Presumably. Yeah, uh, exactly. or have of similar mental capacity. Yeah, um, although this I, is a stat that goes against Southgate, though. Uh, England have gone two consecutive away Euro qualifiers without a win for the first time since March 2007 under Steve McLaren. Ooh. So maybe alarm bells are ringing, Jim. Yeah, you do worry about which vegetable he will be photoshopped <laughs> as.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> possibly, possibly even an, an aubergine, which, yeah. would be, which would be absolutely damning. I will say, before the game, he made a lot of... Um, uh, or, or he, he, he spoke a lot about aiming for being the number one ranked team in the world because it yeah. essentially means you're doing everything right and talking about how um, the standards you have to have and the commitment you have to have and the, the approach that you have to have for that. And the team have just sort of gone, nah.
2: <laughs> nah.
3: Rather We've got, we, we, play, we all play for clubs, Gareth. Yeah. We're in the middle of a domestic season. You know how hard that is? You don't get a
2: medal for that, do you, Gareth?
3: Yeah, no, it's just we, you, you get what you're given, boss.
2: Mm. Um, yeah, I I, don't, I understand what Southgate's saying, of course. Yeah, I think he, privately he'll be frustrated that those words haven't sunk in but I mean Jim on, on the basis of the of the two games we've just seen of course England you want to keep that winning mentality we spoke about Scotland um uh, yesterday on on the podcast how they what are they only won one in the last five or, or something yeah. like that um and it, it teams don't want to lose sort of that kind of momentum but I do I kind of think that it's a long time in footballing terms a long time from between now and March for the um yeah. for the next couple of friendlies and even then for the tournament i i do not think these two performances have any bearing at all no on what yeah. will happen uh, uh, either only... in march or at the tournament of course for, yeah, for only... england scotland and and for everybody else quite frankly
3: for cole palmer rico lewis ollie watkins one or two others it will be significant otherwise yeah it'll be completely completely forgotten about i would think um it's yeah just, just it's just one of those quirks of the the nature of the qualifying process isn't it that you get games that are just a a little bit dead towards the end of it i mean there's been some results across europe tonight that are interesting a lot of them were pretty drab um my highlight of the whole um evening i think actually came before the game in an interview harry kane did with channel four uh where he was asked uh they, they, they showed that that famous picture of him and um Thomas Muller and I think Manuel Neuer in um, Lederhosen hmm. um, and the, uh, the the interviewer put it to him he said Harry did you ever um, expect to be wearing Lederhosen in in your career and um, Kane answered by saying that it's just part of the culture and joining in and footballers Oktoberfest experience is probably quite different from how it would be if you went with your mates or on your own and <laughs> I was struck by that because it just made me question what sort of person goes to Oktoberfest on their own. And if that's something that Harry Kane might have might consider were he not a professional footballer. Like, how uh, committed to the sesh mm. do you have to be <laughs> that it would even cross your mind mm. to go to Octo to fly to Germany yeah, on your own to just yeah. get your Lederhosen on and get stuck in. Mm. And I think that says more about the game than anything that mm. this is the thing I've taken away from it.
2: Definitely. I think it's a, but mind you, though, would it not be the type of place where you could just muck in with people? And oh, everyone's... absolutely,
3: but you'd, you'd have to be an extrovert. You'd have to know that you could thrive in a scenario like that. Maybe. And you'd obviously have to be able to hold your alcohol as well because if, like, if you were a sort of fun-loving party guy but you're an yeah. absolute disaster after two drinks, it's the worst place for you.
2: You go to the darts on your
3: own, though, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Told you not to tell anyone about that. You know I da, wear that mask. Da, 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 da. There he goes. <laughs>
2: Whenever I hear that, I think of you. Um, Harry Kane, of course, is one of uh, a few players, including Jordan Pickford, Declan Rice and Harry Maguire, to feature in every game for England in this qualifying campaign. Um... Kane is obviously he's there. Pickford will be the number one. Declan Rice is crucial in that midfield, and Harry Maguire will start for England at the Euros. I mean, barring injury or complete and utter disaster, but even then, and he he will give away the ball from uh, switching the play. Well, yeah. So I I have to say that even I was slightly concerned by that. I mean, I know Mm. that the whole performance has been a bit of a drop off, and, and they've all been a little bit relaxed. But are you still? concerned about Maguire in defence. There'll be a lot of people who are or are you just accepting the fact that, that he will be next to Stones but of course Stones is currently out injured.
3: Uh, I would answer that question, Marcus, by saying that, uh, yes, it concerns me. And yes, I have accepted um, <laughs> that he will be alongside John Stones in, in defense. Now, I think um, the criticism of Maguire is, is over the top, isn't it? It has essentially become a bit of a meme, like a sort of silly fun thing to, to join in with for people that um, are just looking for a you know pretty basic run of the mill opinion to have, have a bit of fun with. But he has a mistake in him. We know he has a rick in him. And I, I don't think it's... Um, outrageous to say that so i am just sort of hoping that if that does happen Mm -hmm. um that it happens at a time where england can weather it and it isn't um uh you know a a high profile um last minute moment or anything like that yeah would
2: would you would you think that in the friendlies in march say john stones is back from injury he's he's in the side would you would you want to see him maybe partnered with mark gay because Clearly, um, Southgate likes Gay. He's, he's he started, he's seen some minutes. I would say he's probably third choice centre-half yeah. at the moment. Would, would you think, oh, hang on a minute, that's that's a bit more like, do you think maybe too little before the tournament? I think what will probably happen, and I think what is the sensible thing to do, is
3: that um, Gay will start one and Maguire will start another alongside Stones if they're all fit. I think you're right. He's not put a foot wrong for England in the in the games he's played. He looks really assured, looks, looks really comfortable there. Um, and I think... You know, having someone ready to step up because he's played and and uh, 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 knows that he's in the manager's thinking is probably a good thing to have going into the tournament as well. It's not ideal to have a situation where none of the other defenders expect to play because you never know what's going to happen when you get there. And I, you know, I think I have, like a lot of England fans, I have accepted that Maguire will be there and that it will make a lot of people angry regardless of how Maguire plays. But, you know, as I've said, having that backup ready to go is, I think, probably the most pragmatic option, and we know he loves a bit of pragmatism.
1: Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig.
0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
4: This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp.
3: I'm Martin Keown and you're listening to Football Ramble. Uh, yeah, maybe Swan's more about the Football Ramble. That'd be right. Hi, I'm Martin Keown and you're listening to the Football Ramble. I'm Martin Keown. Keown.
2: Um, Ollie Watkins uh, started the game and has um, been in the squad now a few times for England. With his club form and with the starts for the national side, you would think that he's now... Second fiddle to Harry Kane in that in that in that striker role. Yeah, do you, do you think he's done enough, or do you think people will still be waiting for Ivan Tony to come back from his ban?
3: Yeah, I think that that's going to be an inevitable um, story in the in the you know Kane's understudy, and it's going to be a shootout between the two of them. You would think, unless somebody else really stakes a claim
2: um, from from out of nowhere. Um, I mean, you you watch Arsenal um, a lot, of course. Yeah, and you see Eddie and a playing, who has been called up um uh, recently watkins is ahead of him clearly in the in the in the pecking order at the moment but from what you've seen of eddie Nketiah you see him more than i do certainly do you think Enketia would would c- could could he stake a claim could he you know in your opinion who would you rather be the understudy to, to kane I would I would go with Watkins you or would, Tony okay. over Eddie and Katia. As much okay. as I like Eddie and Katia, he he is quite
3: inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um and he kind of drifts out of game sometimes. He's got this amazing knack of feeling like he might be about to, you know, um, lose some ground in terms of everyone's opinion of him and then he'll pop up mm-hmm. and score a goal so he, he's, he is great for that but he's not particularly effective off the bench which mm-hmm. is absolutely crucial um, in that role so I I, f- I feel for Watkins tonight because he, he only had 11 touches but um, he also barely had any service and as we know his strength is, is running onto balls and he just he didn't have the opportunity to make the most of his game and I think Southgate said before the game was, was uh, to the effect of you know, um, Watkins doesn't have to a- adapt to England's game England have to adapt to Watkins' game, and they mm-hmm. didn't do that. Um, so I I, f- I feel for him, and I, I would hope that he wouldn't be judged too harshly. I mean, worst case scenario in his mind is being hauled off for Harry Kane, who comes on and um, essentially immediately causes a goal, even if he didn't <laughs> actually score it himself. Yeah. Um, but I it's a it was a difficult night for him, but I, he wasn't alone in that. A lot of players struggle to make stuff happen. You know, yeah. um, I was writing um, I, I, I was writing the line: Do we need more from Grealish? And about three seconds later, he he scored the goal that was eventually disallowed for for being offside. And he woke up a bit after that. I thought he was a lot better and he he posed a few more questions of the defence, but I feel like he, he doesn't break the lines in the way that he once did. And yeah. it, I, 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 perhaps it's harsh to single him out, but I feel
2: like he's probably quite some way from starting for England. Hmm. I know what you mean. I, I felt the same, actually. I think Grealish cuts a, kind of frustrated figure at the moment you saw that a couple of times when the defenders sort of niggled at him and he turned around and he was and he was a bit unhappy and I think you know Grealish has had a lot more treatment than that he he, he yeah. he's had to deal with more and I think he's probably frustrating he's not getting the game time at Man City he's not Starting for England, you you know it will be Foden ahead of him in that in on that left side, presuming that he does mm. go with Foden on the left side, which I think he would. i have to say Rashford was probably ahead of him in the pecking order as well, potentially. And I think with Grealish, we knew this would happen at Manchester City. He's got to fit in the system at Aston Villa. He was a maverick, you know. And we we loved watching him play, but that's that was a while ago now. Of course, mm. he's become a better player at Manchester. There's no two ways about that. I mean, he won a treble for crying out loud last year, yeah. and he was he was starting a lot of games in that. In that side, so you, you can't argue with that. But this season, you know, he said at the start of the season, "Oh well, you know, you kind of look around and think, what is there to achieve this season?" And we know Grealish can be, um, I, I, what, 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 what would I? How can I? How can I put it? Um, we know Grealish can come out with your sort of funny comment here and there, yeah. but that comment I thought was maybe a little bit telling, and I don't think Guardiola would have liked to have have heard that and perhaps you know with that it won't just be that of course but with Doku coming in who's been brilliant of course and whatnot he's he's not playing that much for Manchester City and i think his player's been he's very predictable mm. if you're a, if you're a fullback you just don't let him go down the line and he cuts inside. it's every time it's the defender just goes great pass him on i've done my job and i think that you want something a bit more out of Grealish. He's still a quality player. I think he'll probably go to the Euros because he's well-liked within the camp, and that is important. Yeah. And he's look—you suddenly become a bad player overnight, for crying out loud. But I I, I do think that he may struggle to find some game time um, mm. ahead of the Euros, and then perhaps even at the Euros themselves. How about uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold? How do you think he did in the midfield tonight? Yeah, I think it's a funny one for Trent. And, and I think it's hard... To judge people in these games because it's it's it, it's not like England have played their full strength side. I know they weren't far off it. I don't want to play that card too much, but if you play your full strength side and it's a game that they need to win and everyone's on it, you know you might see a different level of performance. You saw him away in Malta. You know he was great in that game against North Macedonia at Old Trafford. You know was feeding Saka all day long and so mm. on. So you you know what he can do harsh to single him out I don't think he'll start for England I think that he'll definitely be a squad player he is playing I know I know for Liverpool he does play he can play a bit of a hybrid role and he can enjoy the midfield as as we know um Klopp likes to kind of have a little tinker there and so on but he is primarily a fullback um he's being asked to play in in a in a slightly different position I think he can play but I think when it comes to the crunch I think that Again, England will go with Rice and Phillips, and obviously Bellingham, if you know yeah. when, when, when he's fit. But I think Gallagher would be ahead of um, uh, uh, Alexander Arnold as well. So I don't think he's going to play that much. But Southgate is interested in him. He's, he he is giving him some minutes. You know, will mm. be in in the um, in the lesser game. So we sh- we shall have to wait and see what he does with that. But I. I yeah, it was a frustrating night for him though against um, against North Macedonia. It was. I don't think any player will come away from it not being frustrated though. To be fair, indeed. Um, but ultimately, though, a very positive qualification campaign I thought for for mm. England. You know, I mean, beating Italy twice as well. Yeah, that's that's way more important. Yeah, and and I know people will say, oh, well, this is not a particularly good Italian side or whatever. This, it's still a decent team. Mm. I mean, I know they've just squeezed through, of course, against Ukraine. Uh, and they have sacked their manager recently, and they've got a better one in. And you know, we'll, we'll see what he can do. Old um, Spalletti, we know he's uh, <laughs> he does like to play in a certain way, and it could be they could be very entertaining come the tournament. But still, I, I, I'm not worried at all about these um, about these uh, recent performances for England, I'm, and I'm still. I'm still hopeful uh, with regards to next summer. But Italy did go through. They um, they squeezed past Ukraine, nil-nil. I mean, squeezed is an interesting way of phrasing it. Yeah, I mean, the, the sort of the, the, the chat obviously didn't watch the games, I was watching England, but the the chat seemed to be Italy were probably the better side. Yeah. But, you know, we talk about poor refereeing decisions uh, in the England game. That one at the end when Mudrick collects yeah. the ball in the box and goes 92nd past... 92nd minute. Goes past, was it Brighton Cristante... It's a penalty. It's a penalty Absolutely all day long. Nailed on. Just it's it's so so unjust. I mean, they, apparently they they checked it loads of times from you know number of different angles and so on. But there's there is an angle which is definitive.
3: Yeah. Well, if there's clearly there must be something that. You... They've taken into consideration that you and
2: I aren't aware of, then, because it looks absolutely stonewall from the replays I've seen. I mean, if they, I, I know it's um, it's it's crucial because you could be deciding the fate of one of these countries whether they qualify or not. But uh, to to not give that, the, the only argument could be, did Mudrick leave his leg in there and he was looking for it? I don't think he. I think it happens no, too I don't quick. Think he does, you know. And then of course you see people on Twitter going, "Well, Seferin the the." You know, head of UEFA did say, Oh, it would be a great shame if Italy weren't in the tournament at all. Let's oh, get it. Oh, come no. on. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, let's not go down that road. But oh, Ukraine, they will, they will feel very, very hard done by indeed. Jorginho started uh, for Italy in that he game. He didn't get a chance to um, take a penalty. He's missed, I think, is it four on the trot he's missed for Italy? Yeah, and it is a trot. Yes. And it goes back to. Um, the, the Euros, as well, you know, of course, yeah. he missed in, in in the shootout. Well, his agent kind of stuck up for him with regards to penalties, uh, saying that you know, Jorginho he, he should keep taking penalties. Um, and he said, Jokes aside, only those who take penalties miss penalties. I hadn't thought about it. Like there's that. just conspiracy, Jim. Mm. He said, Penalties are always a lottery, and there's always a goalkeeper to beat. Yeah, what does this, again, what does this guy want? This guy's a visionary. <laughs> Well, he would have missed that one against Switzerland because he hit it over the bar. Um, Goalkeepers have improved a lot in recent years. In 10 years' time, only one in 10 penalties will go in. Imagine having
3: the confidence to say that out loud. Would you like thinking that you're such a deep thinker and such a
2: visionary that 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 holds any weight whatsoever? It's magnificent. In 10 years' time, only one in 10 penalties will be scored. So each year, there'll be a 10% decline. And we can all watch this. <laughs> if you start seeing penalties be missed, you go, hang on a minute. Jorginho's agent was right. So, yeah, one in 10 penalties. Shootouts will go on for hours. Yeah. And um, you'll, you'll concede a penalty and think, yes, we've got a goal kick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you won't care about conceding a penalty. The man's going through on goal. Just take him out because he'll he'll probably miss. Mm. Um, nutter. It's like Keys nutter. and Grey all those years ago, wasn't it? A penalty's getting harder to
3: score, Andy? <laughs>
2: uh, no. no. <laughs> it's about the same. It is about yeah. the same as it's always been. Yeah. So, um, well, Jorginho will get a chance to see if he can... Um, he, he could make amends for Italy in, in March, of course, and then at the Euros because they are going to be there. And you saw the scenes of celebration with the Italians. I mean, Donna looked delighted yeah. that they qualified. It's not been a good qualification campaign for Italy, but I they will be better by the time yeah. the tournament comes. Around. It, you know,
3: it's it's a cliche to talk about Italy. You know, never being fancied or starting tournaments slowly mm. and et cetera, et cetera. But every now and then they just pop up and win one. So. Yeah. Uh, you you well, can't really argue with that, and with Spalletti in charge as well. Mm. And the, that... the pain of missing the World Cup, having mm. being the European champions and not being at the World Cup, it has got a sting really badly. So
2: they'll be they'll be desperate to have a good tournament, and I for one, I hope they don't. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Be odd though. Um, I mean, I understand that if you haven't, teams haven't finished in the top two. You know, there's still the playoffs and all that. But it would have been strange though had the holders not been. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, at, at a tournament. So, I, I but,
3: hope we get. We are nowhere near them yeah. in
2: any sort of draw. Yeah. Because that, that. They. Oh. Yep. Yep. They all agreed, Jim. All agreed. Don't need to go there. <laughs> Let's come back um, to these islands. It was a famous night for Northern Ireland. Uh, of course, they beat Denmark 2-0 at Windsor Park. Uh, I mean, obviously too little too late with regards to um, qualification campaign, but good to get a, a victory against um, a decent side yeah. who will be in the uh, in the Euros in Germany next summer. 20% possession, yep. two counter-attacking goals. Yes, please. There you go. Perfect. See, a goal for every 10% possession. <laughs> I feel like I'm turning into Jorginho's agent suddenly. Yeah. Um, let's let's it's leave not that. Not a bad there. ratio that. Not a bad ratio at all. So you know, I was, I mean I was pleased for them to finish on a on a good note because yeah. it has been a bit of a a, a a disappointing campaign for them of course. Yeah, I mean th- this is the other side of that coin, isn't it? We sort of complain
3: about the last two England games being a bit flat and feeling a bit meaningless mm. when you're already out. It's
2: even worse. Yeah. I- I- exactly.
3: It's so. Real real I think probably um trauma is obviously too strong a word, but it it can't be a positive experience for the players and the the coaching Mm. staff involved in those games. It's a a reminder of your own failure, essentially. So to get a win out of something like that and look ahead to the next campaign is the best you can do.
2: Yeah, having lost 7 out of 10, you know, it's it's, it's, it's Mm. not what you're after. Obviously, San Marino bottom of the group. I mean, that group was quite incredible, really. Denmark have gone through with 22 points top, Slovenia second, Finland squeezed into third. Kazakhstan, had they have... Um, they lost 2-1 to Slovenia. Had they have, have won that game, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that they would have uh, gone through in second yeah. spot. So it was all to play for right at the death there. It was. In uh, another one of the uh, the groups, Group E, um, Albania topped the group. Czech Republic uh, joined them um, in the Euros, qualifying automatically. I love the fact that, that Albania, they were already qualified. They had the Faroe Islands at home, Then you think that's a nice way, you know, a team who don't often qualify for tournaments. I, d- I don't believe they've ever been to the World Cup. They've been to the Euros. They're there, and you think, why not? You know, you've got a little, a little gimme there against the Faroes. You know, I would say no disrespect, but you know, they're crap. Yeah, let's be it's honest, about Jim. Three hundred. Um, go out, around. score a few goals or whatever. They drew nil nil, <laughs> nil nil. Can't be bothered. We're no. we're already there. It's, that is a disgrace. <laughs> Give a shit. <laughs> We know they're not going to score. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. It's a famous point for the Pharaohs. I mean, it is, yeah. You've got get a very, very respectable clean sheet away to a side who topped their group. Mm. we will be dancing on the streets tonight, you would think. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to uh, this Ramble Reacts. We'll be back on Wednesday uh, alongside Vish and Andy. In the meantime, find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Of course, more international football uh, will be... Um, we, we, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We'll round it all up on Wednesday. Wales, they're just about still alive and there's some other um, some other interesting little bits and pieces going on. Um, but until then, thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. And thank you very much, Gareth Southgate. Lots of love. to you